0: So what are we talking about tonight?
1: That's actually a great question. I don't actually know where we're starting. Like, I know what we're talking about, but I don't right. know
0: where we're starting. So we're going to do a question because people sent us in some questions. We had thought about doing an Ask Us podcast episode, but that died. So um, so we're going to start with something lighter because I feel like that's what people need these days. Um, so... One of the questions that we got sent to us was well, what are your guilty pleasure movies? Tim, what are your guilty guilty pleasure movies?
1: Well, seeing as I've seen seven movies, <laughs> any of them, I guess.
0: Are they I have a yeah, what it will what are your favorite top what are a couple movies you really like? That people want to know.
1: Sure. So, um I kind of like there's there's some themes. But so one of the themes is Tom Hanks. Um, one of the themes is actually Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah.
0: What movie have you seen with Leonardo and DiCaprio? And then
1: um one of the themes is that most of these movies are really messed up in some kind of way. So oh, I think I remember now. So one of my favorite movies, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah. That's Leo. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's in another movie, too, that I like. Not Titanic. Titanic. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll think of it. I'll think of it. I can't remember what it is. But it was like... So both Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, to me, are interesting because um, I didn't know that a lot of the movies that I liked had them in it until, like, really, I didn't know that all the movies that I like had Tom Hanks in it until you pointed it out. Right. Because, like, Forrest Gump and the like commander in Saving Private Ryan, who I can't remember his name. And like, like those aren't the same guy.
0: Right, because he does such a good job. Yeah, because he's such the
1: character Mm -hmm. that I'm like, it didn't even occur to me. I mean, I say I knew it, like once I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. But it's like, like, they're just not even the same guy. Yeah. So, uh, and and Leo's same way, I Mm -hmm. forgot what's going on. Oh, and- Is uh, it
0: like, catch me if you can?
1: Yeah, maybe. I, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of what it was. I think he was like, um, he was in a war movie. Um, I do tend to like war movies. Um, it's funny. So I've seen like, like seven, or not really seven, maybe like, like, like ten or twelve movies. Like sat down and watched them, and then I've seen probably like another ten or twelve movies on airplanes that I almost don't count because I was just passing the time. And uh, almost all of those were war movies. Some of them were good though. Like Hacksaw Ridge, that's pretty good. It's about a guy who's a um, what do they call it? It's like a uh, like a defector, not a defector, but like he didn't want to carry a weapon, so he went into war with no weapon as a medic. And the story is about um, his story about getting into the. Um, getting into the army, going to train to be a medic, going into battle and his kind of like uphill climb that he had to make to get into battle because um, he wanted to go and he wanted to be part of the war effort, um, but he wouldn't carry a weapon. He was, um, man, what do they call it? I'll think of it. Um,
0: uh,
1: peaceful something. Um, but he wanted to go and do his, his duty, but he didn't want to carry a weapon. Um, it was kind of interesting. and um, But yeah, and like Sling Blade, that's kind of like a messed up movie. But what I what I really like is I say it's messed up. It's like the the circumstances around it are kind of messed up. But like what I what I like about movies are when they make you think. So like I don't know if anybody's ever seen Sling Blade out there. We're um, not
0: necessarily recommending it. No,
1: movies. it's super violent. Um, but what's interesting is is like the character that Billy Bob Thornton plays is actually a murderer. Um, and you you know you think that's bad, right? Murder's bad. We know murder's bad. I think murder's bad too. Um, I'm not suggesting otherwise. Okay. But what's interesting is, like, in that whole movie, as the movie develops, like, the only person who you can kind of side with who's kind of good is Billy Bob Thornton, the murderer. Hmm. Everybody else is, like, just messed up. And so um, it's always interest- oh, interesting to me when movies, like, kind of make you think because it's like, you know, that this guy did a bad thing, but you're kind of on his side, but he kind of did a bad thing. And all the people who don't do bad things, they're doing different kinds of bad things and they're kind of messed up. And so the whole thing is just kind of like, it's not black and white. Yeah. It's very much kind of like, just makes you think.
0: And as different as we are and have proclaimed on this podcast, you just listed all the movies that I have zero desire to see <laughs> because yeah, no, not so much. So I was trying to think of my guilty pleasure movies. Oh, what? I just remembered mine. What is it?
1: A Walk to Remember.
0: He makes he
1: her a telescope.
0: I know the movie's great. Oh, well, there we go. We found one movie that we can watch. Oh, he no, makes her a sad. telescope. Dang, movies that end sad. But he made
1: her a telescope. <laughs> I know
0: it's pretty awesome. What was the other one you liked? Did Jennifer Love Hewitt. What's that? Is oh, like can't hardly
1: of... wait. Oh, that movie's terrible. That's
0: a guilty pleasure because that's a terrible movie. That
1: movie's awful. That movie's
0: awful. Don't go see that. Um, I was trying to think about that the other day. Funny story. I. Uh, met the guy who is like in person obviously I guess whatever um <laughs> I met
1: him on the internet I read his tweets
0: no I for real um met him that's my ce- one celebrity story the guy his name is Ethan Emery he's the actor and can't hardly wait and I met him And anyway um that's so maybe I'll tell that story one day it's really not that interesting other than he wasn't a very nice person but and, that's okay.
1: and the story is you met him Okay. I did,
0: but he wasn't a nice person. I got to wait on him when I was working at a jewelry store. So there you go. Um. So I kind of struggled with the idea of guilty pleasure anyway, because like, I don't, well, I laughed at that when I got, we got asked that question because I saw the question come in and I was like, I don't think that Tim does anything like with guilt. Like, like I think if you felt guilty about it, like you just wouldn't do it. And so I thought that was kind of amusing, but um, so I couldn't, Really think of like a movie that is my like that I would feel bad about or like guilty about watching, but I did think of a TV show, and so I'm gonna not answer the movie question. The answer for the TV show, and it was um the How I Met Your Mother TV show because um I did feel a little bit guilty for watching that show because it's kind of a terrible show. I'm I'm not rec- actually recommending the show, um and but the reason that I love it. Is because, and one day, like, I was watching it, and Tim came in, like, walked through the living room and he, like, heard it on the TV, and he was like, and it was, you know, just another, yet another episode of Barney being, like, a total man whore. Can we say that on this podcast? I don't know. Um, and you just did. I just did. And he was like, What are you watching? And I was like, Trying to explain, like, why I liked the show. He was like, What could you possibly like about the show? I was like, Just terrible. And, um, and now I'm going to butcher a story because I can't remember their names, but the married couple on the show, um, they, I just, when you juxtapose them against next to Barney, like, and how, um, like one of my favorite lines from the show is, um, Barney is telling them about all his conquests and his whole list, this like running list of women that he's, you know, been with. And, um, and, Oh, the main character guy who's married. This is really going to bug me that I can't remember his name. I should have looked this up. Um, he was like, I have that list too. It's my marriage certificate. And he like high fives his wife. And it was just like, just their like love and their devotion to each other. And like the the goodness of them um, and their relationship like juxtaposed against him. Like, and I just, to me, like really came across as like the bright light in that show. And so um, I don't recommend that show. I think it's kind of a terrible show, but I'm sorry for all of you that love it. Um, but just that them as a couple. and so I, w- I would say that was my guilty pleasure. So,
1: so. we're not that different. It's what? just emotional sling blade.
0: <laughs> why?
1: <laughs> because <laughs> what? <laughs> because it's the same thing. It's like the context is upside down, but like there's this underlying story that makes you think.
0: Okay, sure.
1: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's so if just you had emotional slings. But
0: your favorite movie, what would it be? I don't know. Okay.
1: Whatever war movie I haven't seen when I'm sitting on the seat in the Delta plane.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. I'm really not picky.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like we should get a sponsorship from Delta. We just mentioned Delta, but um, yeah. Yeah,
1: they need some help. Ain't nobody flying right now.
0: Yeah. So. Hope y'all are doing okay out there, everybody. We know that it's been rough. Everybody's stuck in their houses. So we're stuck in our house. So we're going to podcast. <clears throat> so where do you Maybe want? that's
1: what everybody should do. It's just Start. like everybody should just podcast.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Because then between actually making podcasts and listening to everybody on Earth's podcast, we would just have lots to do in the house.
0: Yeah. Except we have lots to do because we have little children.
1: Ooh, we should uh, see if Alexa will play Lost But Holding Hands.
0: That'd be cool.
1: So our kids run around, and they like to tell Alexa to play songs. But the best part is is they know that if they say Alexa, she'll get triggered. So Lucy walks up, and she goes, Mommy, can I ask you-know-who to play a song? And then the, the funny part is, too, is I don't exactly know why, but I think Lucy thinks that, like, Alexa can't really hear that well or maybe I don't know but she always walks really close like she doesn't call from like the other side of the house she she walks walks over to it it. and she's like Alexa play who let the dogs out
0: well and I think it's funny because I think Alexa might have learned her like Lucy speak because she still can't say the word weather and so (laughs) she's like Alexa what is the lever today and I'm like what's the lever (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> and so, but she gives her the weather and i'm like alexa please you speak now can i
1: ask you know who what the weather is
0: well for all you harry potter fans out there i made the joke to my sister the other day that i was going to rename alexa as voldemort because for you that probably doesn't know um they really
1: was, i've been married to you this long and you think i don't know like the main so character in harry potter right
0: so why would i rename alexa voldemort to finish my story
1: well no, i know who voldemort is
0: Well, so I'm telling you, because you probably wouldn't know this, that in the books they refer to him, people that are scared of him, refer to him as you-know-who. And so, see, you didn't know. That's why I told you. Um,
1: Well, so our kids already renamed him Voldemort. Right.
0: Well, I just thought it was funny that, well, because I would name it Voldemort, but then they would be referring to it as you-know-who, as in the book. And so it's funny, and it's a Harry Potter joke, and all you people out there who are Harry Potter fans will laugh. But anyway.
1: So, I'm sorry for everyone who has an amazon echo who might be listening to this
0: (laughs) i didn't think about that because
1: we just set your alexa off like six times (laughs) because we just said alexa alexa alexa
0: (laughs) and now you're trying to do it and now
1: and now i'll do everyone a favor alexa Alexa. buy me some toilet paper Oh, (laughs) you're welcome
0: (laughs) that's fantastic oh i love it i was gonna say turn off but i like yours better I'm and now
1: i'm gonna do everybody a favor alexa stop listening to lost but holding hands right
0: no, we want people to listen to our podcast.
1: Yeah, but I've oh, that'd be
0: funny. We should trigger their. Well, they'd already be lost listening. So they're already yeah. listening. Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> we've really got to cut to this and make so we can go to bed. But I don't really know where to begin. So,
1: well, so talk about like why we're talking about what we're talking about.
0: Okay. Well, you said it was my idea that got stuck <laughs> in your brain. <laughs> so. This week, so we're going through Lent, and I feel like all this coronavirus stuff is very Lenty. Um, I'm gonna be a little sad after Easter because I feel like I'm sort of embracing, kind of, sort of, somewhat embracing the coronavirus stuff because it feels very Lenty and appropriate for the season. And once we hit Easter, I'm gonna be like, want to celebrate and just be over it. But, um, but anyway, so I listened to. I've said this a million times. I listened to Abiding to tip- Biting together podcast, um, for our mom's group and for our small group. And so we've been, um, social distancing, still having our meetings via zoom, zoom. And, um, there's another sponsor we should have. Um, and they were talking about, um, on the podcast about how, um, like the things that we do, like exercise and eating healthy and all these Um, self-disciplines are not the means they're not the end they are a means to the end and this a light bulb sort of went off in my head because um I've I've never really understood fasting um I've always kind of wrestled with it I always wrestle with Lent and full disclosure like I haven't kept up with really any of my Lenten commitments and and I think and when this when I heard that like it it kind of made this light bulb go off of oh like that's that's sort of the point, like it's a, it's a means to an end. It's not like the sacrifice, the giving up the chocolate or whatever it is, you know, that you give up during Lent is not the end goal. And I, and I didn't really understand like sort of the, I didn't really understand what the point was, I guess. And and then they talked about how it's to like get rid of our immature dependencies. and And so it's like giving up all this stuff, like we are getting freedom out of it. Um, and so I had mentioned this to Tim and we were talking about this idea of self-care, but we've been, had been wrestling with that term. Um, and so can you kind of like, so why did my idea get stuck in your brain?
1: Well, because well, I mean, everything you say, like gets <laughs> stuck in my brain. Um, but I think what, So, I didn't know it was stuck in my brain until um, this morning I was talking with my Exodus 90 brother. Uh, We also moved our Exodus 90 calls to Zoom because, you know, that's what you do today. So, uh, he and I got up at six o'clock in the morning and, uh, yeah, got on Zoom, which was cool because, you know, I got 20 minutes back. It's a 20 minute drive to his house. So, got to wake up a little later today. But, yeah, so I was talking to to, uh, Mark this morning. And, you know, we were talking about like like, you know, practicing like disciplines, like things and getting better at things like like physical stuff and meditation and these kinds of things. And we were talking about how um, how you kind of have to do that stuff when you don't need it. Right. So meditation can be a tool for like, you know, getting over anxiety or helping to reduce stress and those things. But you kind of have to get good at it and um, and you have to get good at it when, you know, you don't need it. Because like if you try to figure out your meditation, like while your anxiety is keyed up, like that's like not the time to learn it. And we were kind of just talking around that subject. And um, and he actually told this story. Uh, Mark, if you're listening, I'm probably going to butcher your your Taekwondo story. But I thought it was interesting. He was talking about how, you know, you um, when he was younger and doing Taekwondo, he had to do his belt test. And um, his belt test was like, you know, his young self out in front of like a panel of like 12 judges, everybody's parents, all his friends and kids who are in the class. And he's supposed to get out there on the mat by himself. And he's all by himself. Everybody's looking at him. Nothing else is going on. And they're like, all right, go to your form. You know, and he does it. And then somebody. Later on comments, they were like, you know, um, you know, you didn't seem nervous. And he's like, well, I certainly was nervous, right? But the reason why I didn't appear nervous or look nervous was because um, I just kind of did it anyway. And and those those two kind of things, you know, kind of like walking a long path here, but like these those two kind of things smushed together in my brain. And I said, well, it's kind of interesting, right? Because we talked about how you have to do – you have to practice – these like meditations and these things when you don't need them so that you're good at them. But if you take the Taekwondo example, like he knew how to do that form. So practicing the form and being really good at it and proficient at it before the test, it didn't take away the fact that he was still anxious about it. It mm-hmm. didn't take away the fact that he was still nervous standing up in front of all those people. Mm-hmm. So in a certain way, like what good did the practice do? Right. So it's like if we expect that meditation will rid us of anxiety because we have this tool of breathing or meditation or whatever it is, that that's a good tool. Right. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying those are great tools. But if we think that we're going to get really good at the tool and it's going to make the circumstance go away, that's just not the way it's going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is it that we actually have to get good at? You know, and, and what we have to get good at, I think through these things, the actual work, and this is connecting back to what, what kind of connected all of my brain this morning when I, I texted Amy, I was standing in the social distance Home Depot line for 15 minutes waiting to get access to um, the wheat straw and the uh, pressure washer cleaner that we needed. Um, and I had this idea, like it all kind of smushed in my brain together where I was like, all of these things we're talking about, the stuff that Amy was talking about, the and, and this the meditation that was part of our conversation and the, the preparing the form that was part of the story, all of those things were just means to an end. And so I started to think about like, you know, what is this stuff? You know, I've talked a lot about Exodus 90 on this podcast and it's like, what, what's Exodus 90? You know, I've done a lot of fasting. I've done a lot of like, do this prayer for some amount of time. I've done a lot of hard ascetical things. Ascetic things, ascetic I don't know, I actually made it worse I don't even know how to use that word. A lot of asceticism. Maybe that's the right way we see it. So, but it's like, what was what's been different about this? And like and I, and I think what occurred to me today was that the difference with Exodus 90 is the first page of the book. Because the first page of the book tees up that like taking cold showers and not drinking beer and spending 20 minutes at least in a holy hour, which I think is always funny, a holy hour of at least 20 minutes um, okay. every day. <laughs> Gets me every time, um, you know, doing rigorous and, you know, regular exercise, like like that's all stuff we're going to do for the next 90 days. And we're going to read these meditations and you're going to meet with your brothers and you're going to hold each other accountable and you're going to do this stuff. It's all stuff you're going to do, but it very clearly sets up the why and it's about freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's about and, and they ask you on the first page of the book, you're like, I guess it's an app too. first day. Right. They ask you, like, what are you what do you desire freedom? Freedom from. And what's interesting is, is they don't say that you're going to get freedom by taking cold showers. Mm-hmm. They don't say you're going to get freedom by not drinking beer. They say you're going to get freedom. Because God is going to set you free, but you have to rely on God. And so all of that stuff is a means to having to be completely dependent on God so that he can set you free, which is why they picked the Exodus story, right? Because that's what happens to Moses and all his Israelites. It's like they were held captive. And God set them free from from Egypt in, like, the first few chapters. Like,
0: right. Pharaoh was
1: gone, and, like, all his chariots and stuff were underwater pretty quick.
0: Right, yeah.
1: But that's not the end of the story. Not even a little.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was, like, the first hurdle. Yeah. Then they wander around with God. For what? And Forever. They wander around because God had to break these people of their dependence on all this stuff and eventually they came became totally reliant on him and they fussed and they complained and they pitched fits and they like you know they were complaining to Moses and they're like, look dude, at least in Egypt we had a bed to lay our head on and we had food that wasn't this weird powdery white stuff that we don't even know what it is mm-hmm. right. And and they were like, they rebelled against it. And then, you know, Moses turns his back for five seconds and Aaron builds a golden calf. And they're like, look, this is fun again. And they have a party they have a party for like the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. They're just like tired of it. And it took them all that time wandering around to finally be dependent on God. And it's like, that was the point. And so when we think about this stuff, and so, so as we think about like, like, it not be like what, what I think is really profound and we'll get kind of circle back to the self-care thing. What I think is really profound is this idea that like what we're doing. If it's if it's really good, it has to be a means. And so like, you know, I, we've talked about a little bit morning routines and stuff like I wake up every morning and I work out mm-hmm. and I pray and. I do some meditative prayer and you know, we've talked about like the note thing where like I try to connect with Amy via like, you know, note in the morning and there's like different things. And it's like, you know, I don't know that I've, I've shared this, I guess in the podcast, but like, you know, and, and over the last year, over the last three years, there's been a bit of a transformation of of my life over the last year. Um, You know, there's been like a transformation of my body, right? Like I've lost 40 pounds, never been this fit. Um,
0: And you shaved your beard.
1: I shaved my beard, (laughs) lost another pound shaving my beard, Um, growing out my hair because nobody can get a haircut. But no, there's been this like physical transformation, you know, dropped two pant sizes, you know, dropped a shirt size, like this stuff, right? And it's like, and and I believe that I'm healthier and I have more energy to go lean into my kids. I have more energy to do the right things. And and I hope that this stuff will mean that I'm even around longer for my kids with more health, right, and a lot long, around longer for Amy. Like, I want to spend I, w- I want to be here longer if I can. Right. But while that stuff happened and it's good, it's objectively good, there's not, it's good. I'm, I'm glad it happened. Um, what did I really get in this last year? What did I really get from waking up at five o'clock in the morning and working out? Was my goal. To drop 40 pounds. You know, and I, and I think maybe it kind of was the beginning. Um, but like, you know, what was what did I really get? And, and when I started to think about it this morning is what I really got was a year of waking up every day and making a choice to do something that I didn't particularly feel like doing or wanna do. I don't like waking up at five o'clock in the morning. I don't particularly like going out into the 40 degree garage. I don't particularly like working out in my garage in between bicycles and a camper and flower pots and like, like there's literally about just enough space for me to do my jump rope workout. You know, there's just like not a lot of stuff that I like about that. But I like what, I like how it makes me feel. I like what it does for my day. And, and so I wake up in the morning and I choose the outcome. It's like, I desire to have energy at the end of this day to go play with my kids more than I desire to lay in this bed. More than I desire to not work out in a place full of gasoline fumes. Like, I, I desire that. And so I'm going to go choose to go do it. And it's going to be a choice every day. And so I have under my belt, maybe more than a year, maybe 18 months of practice. And we were talking about this earlier when we were getting ready to this podcast. It's like, in that practice, that muscle that I built, that that metaphorical muscle that I built of being able to wake up and say, I want to go do something, so therefore I will do it can never be taken from me if I get sick and I lose my physical health and I lose all this muscle tone and I and, and I can't do the things I can do right now like I can still choose to do what I can do and I can I can still choose to lean into the problem I can still choose to go into it as, as much as I'm able
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm and I am today better equipped to go do those hard things If that ever happened to me then i would have been a year ago Mm -hmm. and and to me that's like the most important thing so being getting physically healthy was it was good it was fine it was a means and so like what would be the opposite of that well the opposite would be that my goal is to get a six-pack for what so i can stand in the mirror and look at myself and go look i can count my abdominal muscles I think what I get from that, the ability to do more crunches. Yeah.
0: So
1: what? I'm using my hands so I can see it's like, so what? Right. It's like, what did I actually get? All I got was some self-actualization that I look a certain way that whatever. But that could be taken from me. If I get sick and I lose my six pack, it's gone.
0: Yeah.
1: If I didn't learn anything from it, Mm -hmm. it's gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I sort of have a different, um, not different take, but yeah, like just from a different angle, I guess. Um, when all this coronavirus stuff hit, um, or before it, it, it all hit, um, I had really the difference for me this year is sort of the, this morning routine that I've been honing, I guess, since the beginning of the year. And, um, and for, for me, there's, uh, you know, there's the physical component. Like, you know, I get up not quite as early as Tim does, but I get up early and work out. And, um, I do my gratitude journal and I pray and I've been taking this mindfulness class. So I do my mindfulness exercises and, um, and then I get ready and I try to do this all before the kids get up. Um, but so when all this coronavirus stuff hit, that had already been this routine that I'd had. And, Um, the first several days I got super overwhelmed and super anxious and um and all that sort of fell by the wayside you know I had a hard time getting up and um and doing that and then a few days in I was like no this is what I you know in my head having a conversation with myself like no this is what I've been training for like this is when I need to use this stuff and so um Trying to get back on that train of like getting up and and doing all those things and um and and then when I was listening to that podcast episode about like um just that it's that it's a means to an end and that like it's not about um you know getting rid of the anxiety or it's not just a just about like getting healthy or getting physically fit or whatever but it's like it's becoming the best. Um, weapon for this battle that I possibly can have. And like, you know, life is a battle and um, spiritually as well. And, um, and that it's, um, and that I can love better by doing these things. And that's the point of all of those things. But to your point, like, um, you know, with the physicality of it, like it just, it's another tool to love. like, therefore I have more energy to give to you and the kids. Um, And, But, like, so when all this stuff hit and it became hard, I was like, I've been here before. I can do hard things. I can get up and I can do this thing. Um, And, like, and be really intentional about that. And so.
1: That's the trick, right? Is it's like, yeah, you have some tools mm -hmm. in this mindfulness stuff that are great tools. Mm -hmm. Super glad you have them. Mm -hmm. Right. And they work. Yeah. And. By practicing these tools, you can, you're better at using them, right. which is good. Mm-hmm. You can deploy them better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what you really learned, the thing that you really could take forward is that, you know, like waking up and doing these mindfulness exercises every day is hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then this other hard thing came and you're like, yeah, but that's OK,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. like you said, I've been here before. It was in a different thing. Maybe it wasn't as big. You know, I I make it sound like waking up at five in the morning is like some epic thing. It's really not. But it kind of is because it's just a choice. Yeah. And it's still a choice. Right. And so then when the hard thing, when a a legitimate hard thing comes harder than just not hitting snooze on the alarm clock. Right. It's like, but it's okay Mm -hmm. because I know that I can choose to do the right thing Mm -hmm. because I've had a year of practice of waking up and doing the right thing. And chances are, even today, I already have an example. Because Mm -hmm. the first thing I did today was choose to do the right thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So even today, before this hard thing came and got me, within the last 24 hours, I said, I'm going to go do the right thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know? And, And there's practice there. And when we practice, like... I was thinking about you know this whole you know there's lots of stories, awesome stories that come out of any anything like this. You know I think when you think about the coronavirus stuff and you think about what's all going on in our world and there's so much uncertainty and there's so many bad things going on, right? Like not just the virus itself, but the fallout in the economy and, and people are uncertain and it's affecting lots of people's lives in a negative way.
0: And violence coming out of it. And
1: violence and like just just everything, right? It's like in some ways it brings out the worst in us. But in the other ways, you know, it brings out the best. Like you hear all these stories of, you know, all these awesome healthcare workers who are going and just doing what they just can do, you know. Yeah. And these people are just loving. And you hear about all these people like pitching in and making masks. And you hear about you know all of these industries that are converting over factories and manufacturing that are are flipping over to try to help in this effort to save people. And it's it's cool, right? It's cool to hear the stories of like our ingenuity. And the fact that people are coming together and you hear about people who are, you know, some companies who are deciding, you know, today, just like there's not gonna be layoffs because of this stuff. And they're just gonna decide just kind of do the right thing. Um, And and one of the stories that I heard was about um, this priest in Italy, um, Don Giuseppe, last name I can't remember. uh, He was like 70 something years old, um, was in the hospital with coronavirus shortage of ventilators decided to give his ventilator out to a younger patient ended up dying um and you think about like how does somebody make that decision yeah how does how does he do that how you know like that guy martyred himself like that guy showed us what it's like to be a saint Mm -hmm. i gotta do the same thing not literally the same thing but it's like I got to run that same race. I'm running the same race to sainthood. How did that guy train? What did he train? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I I doubt he probably got up at five o'clock in the morning and did a jump rope workout. Right. So it's not about that, Mm -hmm. but he and I are training for the same game. And, And what I have to believe is either it was a completely miraculous, spontaneous outpouring of love. Or it was the result of the discipline Mm -hmm. that he built from his spiritual life doing whatever he did. It was the result of practice. He practiced being a saint for all those years. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's how he could easily, by easily, I mean, he easily knew what the right decision was. I'm sure that it was not the lightest of decisions, but he could clearly see that that's the right thing. And he could make that choice because he had practiced
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know what he did i don't know anything about this guy's life mm-hmm. like i said he probably wasn't in his garage doing jump rope workouts right mm-hmm. it, it was probably something different than what i'm doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the training was the same he was in his life practicing for that moment when he was going to get put in the game and and for all i know he'd been put in the game lots of times in his life right i don't know his whole story i just know this one one sound bite of this guy's story but I think that's like the trick, right? So whatever he was doing, whatever he was, however he was praying, whatever disciplines he had was training. And it was training for that game. And and I have different sets of disciplines, but I'm training for that same game of sainthood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so all of these things are like a means to choosing love, to to being free to choose to be better to love and to choose love and I think that's what he did he chose love um and and so all these things I do I feel like are training for being able to love you better being able to love the kids better being able to love the people around me better and and all the things I'm doing are like tools in my tool belt to do that and so even if his the things that he did were are different and not exactly the same as I do like there are tools in our tool belt to love the way that each is a, of us as individuals can, him as a priest and me as a, a wife and a mother. Um, and so um, kind of a, I, I think, and I think it's freedom to choose Christ, right? And so um, one of the things I've been working on was this gratitude journal. And um, it's part of my morning routine. Um, and it, it stemmed from reading Um. Well, it becoming a daily practice. Um, from reading um a thousand gifts by Anne Voskamp, and um, so a couple weeks ago, um, I start I challenged my small group to I just made this gratitude challenge up, um, and it had a component like each day has a little component of like listen you know something like listen to a song that uh, makes you happy, um, and then like thing of three things you're grateful for. And each day has sort of a theme. Um, so like one day was like beautiful things you're thankful for. Um, and, and then, you know, share one with the group. And so, um, so this training of like, and all those kind of ties together. So like with mindfulness, it's all about like choosing which thoughts you're going to give energy to. Um, and so in the practice of like being grateful and choosing to be grateful, um, there's, you get near the end of the book and she starts talking about like the hard gratefulness, like being grateful in all circumstances. And, and like, and the more you're able to choose to be grateful, like you start training that muscle of being grateful and training that muscle of like looking for Jesus throughout your day. Um, and, and so, you know, I challenged my group really, because I just needed people to like walk along on this journey with and walk and, and do that with, because, um, because when all this started going down, it it was anxi- anxiety producing, and it was. Um, there were days when I, you know, skipped that practice, and it was hard to be thankful. And I started thinking about all the things that were going wrong and the, all the things we didn't have. But um, but the practice of being grateful every day, and the practice of um, being grateful even in difficult circumstances, is is the freedom to choose to turn my energy and my mind towards jesus and to choose jesus every day and to like and and i found i the days when i've been more at peace with all of this than others is the day that i days that i've been like surrendering and holding my hands open to what god has for each day and um and i think that's been like really hard for everybody right now with all of this staying at home and all of these things. I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and I think it bothers some people more than others, but, um, and, and the more like I've accepted and, and it was funny cause I'm a tangent here for a second. I've been thinking about something you and I had talked about a long time ago and it was like, and I can't remember the full context. You're conversations and this might be a little weird to tell a story, but we were talking about like being deserted on a desert Island. I don't know if you remember this conversation and it was something about like the difference between surviving and thriving And how, like, that you would immediately start making your life better. Like, you would immediately start, like, figuring out an easy way to get water. And, like, you know, there's a difference between, like, just doing what you have to do to get by in order for the boat to come. What if the boat doesn't come, right? Like, and if you've taken every day to make your life better, to get shelter, to easily get water, like... Then you're going to live out those days, however many days you're left on that island, like better. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Do you remember this?
1: No, but that sounds consistent. It's the same reason why when we get like snowed in in Georgia, because, you know, a snow in Georgia is going to last, what, like three or four days? Yeah. It's like everybody rushes to the store. They're getting white bread. They're getting flour. Yeah. They're getting butter and American cheese. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all are crazy. Ain't no way I'm eating grilled cheese sandwiches. If I got three days off with no power, I'm making barbecue. <laughs> I got beer. We're making, right. we're having a party. Yeah. Because why not? But so, anyway.
0: So I've been thinking about this deserted island thing the last couple of weeks with all of this like coronavirus stuff. My mind's been like going to some interesting places. And I was just thinking like, um, and and granted, I, have, I feel like on paper, our lives are not vastly different than what they were beforehand. You know, you already work from home most of the time. Like I was already home homeschooling the kids. Like there isn't a stuff that's like terribly different for us, but, but I started, you know, but there's all this uncertainty, right. On like how long this thing is going to last. And so I started thinking about the deserted island conversation and I was like, so I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if I just have to like hold it together for like another week or if like I need to start thriving in the situation that I'm in because like, you know, you can last for like a week without like food and water or whatever, like in, on a deserted island, not like right now, you know, well, I guess not right now. And, um, I'm like, so what can I do to start thriving? And so as soon as I got back to that, like morning practice and the self disciplines in the morning of like, I'm this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start here. I'm going to start with these these discipline practices. Like what else can I, um, can I start doing? And when I started from that place of routine and putting my feet on the floor and doing those routine things, it, it, it created space for me to, um, to think about sort of how to start thriving. And so they were like kind of just little things I started doing, like started to, to go, well, you know what? Like school can look different for us now. Like, yeah, I don't have to change up the game, but I can change up the game. And so we've done school a little bit differently and we've done more creative pursuits and we've, um, you know, Taking advantage of the spring weather and like started doing cast 5k for PE and, um, and doing like new things. And, um, and I don't know, just like little, or like we've eaten on the back porch a few nights and like, you know, I remember, I think it was a day last year when the electricity went out for like, I don't know, it was a while, like, you know, not just a couple hours, like 24 hours or something like that. And Mathen was super happy. Like he was like, can we have the lights go out more often? Because like we play games as a family and we do a lot of stuff. And so I sort of have been applying that starting to try to apply that to where we are now. And like we're like, well, you know, let's go for another hike or let, let me take you guys to the creek that they've now just think of their backyard and like let you guys play. And um, and the more I've sort of like tried to embrace the situation and surrender and like accept this with open hands, and be like, okay, what can we do this? Like, it's kind of crazy, but I almost am like anxious about it ending. Like, I'm almost afraid of like, well, if it ends now, like everybody's going to go back to everything just being the same and life being rushed and fast and whatever. And like, and, and so I guess like, that's where I'm finding the most peace in all of this is really just embracing it and thinking, okay, how can we thrive in this situation rather than just let's just like survive and like ration our water does that make sense
1: yeah i mean i think that that's it's just a different kind of outlook right it's like you just got to get to work and it's like you know the world is uncertain it's uncertain now for sure Mm uh but it's all it's this is just uh this is just raising to the surface the uncertainty that's always been there
0: yeah
1: because it's always uncertain Mm mm-hmm you know, no, none of us know if we're even going to wake up tomorrow, right? So it's like it's always uncertain. So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with right now? Are we gonna, you know, are we gonna just like sit here and 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 hold fast to the the one gallon of water we have and just say, you know what, this is it, and accept it? Or are we gonna just like try to make the best of it, whatever it is, you know? And and if the situation's super hard. You know, it's going to look different if it's, you know, kind of like us where, you know, things are different, but not all that different. You know, it's a little bit easier and, and everybody's in a different place. But at, at some point it's like you got to start building. You know, the truth is that the boat wrecked and we're on this island here together. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of a crappy situation. Mm-hmm. The boat wrecked. Right. All right. So we can take a minute, drop back and and think about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then we got to get to building you know somebody told me the other day um it's kind of like an interesting thing and i think this is an interesting place to wrap maybe you know because we talk about all this right and it's and as i think about my journey my personal journey right And we, we kind of talked about some of the first podcast started with exodus three years ago a bunch of other stuff um you know even i think about this like this weight loss journey right so like for me um it's been three years, you know, three years ago, I was 210 pounds. I'm like 170 now. Um, and that's not the only metric, but there's there, that's a metric, right? And two years ago, I was 200 pounds a year ago, I was 300 pounds. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so as far as, you know, being on the biggest loser or something like that, like I, I ain't winning any competitions with my ability to lose weight in the last year. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it kind of made sense, and it, and I sort of figured some things out, and things started to change for me. But this whole this whole journey, you know, e- even all of that, it's like I look back at it and it feels like a blink.
0: Huh.
1: It's just like, you know, when I'm in it, it when I'm in it, it feels like it's so such a long arduous thing, and I look back and it's like it's just a blink. It's just a little moment, you know, and. I think about those kinds of things and it's like, you know, I don't if people are listening out there and they're like, how in the world do I even kind of get started? And it feels overwhelming. Like there's all these changes I want to make. I don't even know where to start. You know, that's kind of where I was. You know, I kind of got in my head that I don't really, I didn't even know what my goal was three years ago. I didn't even know what to expect. The only reason why 170 pounds became a little bit of a thing for me was that I went to the doctor and he just told me based on BMI, that that was like a, a good range. Everybody who knows anything about health is like it's BMI even the my right metric. I don't even know. Right. It's not really the point, but it was like kind of a ballpark somewhere to aim. But that was so far crazy for me. Like in college, I was 185, never had been in my adult life in the one seventies. It's like, it just didn't make sense. But, but when the doctor told me that's what I needed to be to be in the healthy range, I was like, you know what, what if I could get there? But I don't even know how, I don't even know where to get started. And I didn't even know what to do. But you just kind of have to do something. And somebody told me the other day um, something that's just been like really kind of rooted in my brain. Seeds, roots, all kinds of weird things happening in my brain. Cut it open. It's just a bunch of plant life. Um, But he said.
0: We're getting tired.
1: Yeah. He said, uh, he was like, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. Trees Uh, grow slow.
0: Yeah.
1: When's the next best time to plant a tree? Now now
0: yeah
1: so cool i didn't plant the tree 20 years ago i'm gonna plant it now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's like one of those things where it's like you know and and before you know it it'll be 20 years from now metaphorically and and in real life right but metaphorically you'll be 20 years from now and you'll look back and you man that tree's kind of big i remember when that thing was just a seed but it won't feel like it was all that long ago Mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i feel about this one particular part of my journey with this health stuff is it's like you know it's like it, it seemed daunting it seemed crazy like how it's going to take forever for this tree to grow does it even matter if i plant this seed
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't even can't even really see it
0: mm-hmm.
1: can't even really visualize it. it's like it's just a seed how's that going to grow to like a big old tree
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you look back and you're like man trees get kind of big
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just like it just happens Yeah, You know, it's funny. We even look in our backyard. We moved into this house like seven years ago, Um, eight eight years ago. And, you know, Amy sometimes looks back at this oak tree. We have like all these pine trees and scrub trees. And then we have this like one tree that was intentionally planted in our backyard. Um, And we look at it and it's like it's big. And like I think about even that eight years in this house, this house that I didn't even really want to buy, that I sort of felt like we'd only be in for a few years. But whatever you were pregnant, let's do it and and eight years it's been our home and we've improved it and you look around and it's like all this like our fingerprints are all over and we have a porch that we improved and like all this stuff right have mm-hmm. a swing set and like all this stuff that wasn't here and it's, it's been life but like you know you look back at it and it's like it's been a bunch of work and like all kinds of stuff and we've done all sorts of stuff but it was like i don't know we sort of planted the seed and just kind of happened it doesn't feel like it was all that long ago that we were just you know, having our friends move our stuff in and, you know, you were unpacking boxes seven months pregnant. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel like that long ago. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage people, you know, I I hope that this is an encouraging podcast. Um, I hope it was a useful podcast as always. I never quite know. We get a lot of good feedback, which we appreciate. And we appreciate everybody's prayers for that. But it's like, if anybody's feeling discouraged, just start moving your feet. Even if you don't really know where you're going. And you'll figure it out. Because again, the point is not to be successful in the weight loss journey, in this metaphor, right? But I know it's something that like Seeds, a lot of people
0: weight loss. Yeah,
1: but it's like I know that that's something a lot of people struggle with, right? But like, yeah. and, and I want everybody to be successful, and you know, maybe Whatever. we could talk about it one day. Email me. But um, I've learned some things. But the point is like, not necessarily to, to be successful in the weight loss journey. The point is is to decide you want something in your life to change and go change it. And when it takes you a long time and and when it's been a year and nothing's changed think about the work that you've done and realize that you know what my weight hasn't changed but I've learned 50 things now that don't work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. So I'm still I'm I'm down the I'm down the path i'm I'm headed towards the target because i know where it isn't and then but i'm, I'm going to keep i'm going to keep doing stuff i'm going to keep trying i'm going to keep working i'm going to keep putting something into it right and i think that 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 muscle of i'm just going to keep putting into it i'm going to wake up every day and i'm going to keep working on this thing i'm going to keep building
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the thing you're learning that's the skill Whether or not the metrics moving exactly like you want it to at the moment, it will move because what you're learning is I'm going to I'm going to make it move because I'm going to try everything until it moves. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that determination is what makes things move. Right. I'm I desire a stronger relationship with God. I don't even know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Well, try some stuff, Mm -hmm. but try some stuff with the understanding of. Do I feel closer to God? does God speak to me through this is do I feel the movement of the Holy Spirit in this like maybe not maybe you're doing it wrong maybe you don't know how to do it I don't know but but keep trying right and just just get after it and then eventually you know that that tugging at your heart has to be like like God will answer that there's no way you approach God every day and you're like hey trying to figure out how to connect with you and that's not going to be answered Mm -hmm. at some point. Right. Yeah. So hopefully that's, you know, and I want this podcast to be encouraging in that way because it it is. So there is so much uncertainty out there and there is, um, and it can just be really hard to get, to get that gusto to just start moving. But I think that's really the key in all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, as we head into um, Holy Week, this is our Holy Week leading up to Easter. um, And, you know, I think just keeping like the resurrection in mind, right? Because like during Holy Week, we walk the story of Jesus and it's so easy to get to like Friday and the crucifixion and to like wallow in it. And, um, and like, you know, change is hard. It's really painful. It's a big pain. Literally. And um and we get I get I know I get worried about being stuck in the pain, but like but when you let God grow you and you let God change you and you go into that pain, like there's a resurrection on the other side. And so like and there's freedom on the other side. And so
1: That's something beautiful about this time. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's actually a better wrap up than where I was going. Um, good'm <laughs> no, I'm glad I'm glad you're part of this podcast because you make it good um but like when you think about the passion we were talking about this earlier while our kids were splashing in that that creek it's like you think about the passion and what does it mean that like Jesus conquered death what does that really mean because he still died
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: like it did not happen to him
0: right
1: and based off of the passion, it still hurt. Like it, it's still, he, he still, he experienced all of it. He wasn't um, relieved from any of the experience. Right. He did it just the way that every other person who's ever been crucified did it. So what does it really even mean that he conquered death? What it means is he made it all the way through he didn't go around it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but nobody else made it all the way through. Everybody else got stuck in the middle. So, but he had to go through it mm-hmm. and he did. And he got all the way. He went into it. He experienced it. Yeah. He got to the lowest low of it.
0: Mm-hmm. He died mm-hmm.
1: and he got laid in that tomb. hmm. And then what you're saying is exactly it, right? Like then he kept going through it and he got to the other side Mm -hmm. and he poked a hole through that wall so that all of us then could kind of flood through to the other side. And it's actually kind of cool. Like I'm thinking about this because what did he go do? He went and picked up all his friends from the land of the dead. and He's like, look, guys, look, let's go. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: they all got stuck. Yeah. But he wasn't he didn't just go around it and he could have. Right. Like he didn't have to do that but he did because that was the way because the way is through the hard thing it's not to go around it or to not experience it or to make it go away i mean he could have he could have had it any other way he could have called legions of angels to save him he could have just done it himself right he but he didn't he went he punched through it and i think that's like that's our model ultimate model of sainthood right like we're we're called to look the hard thing in the face and we just got to punch through it
0: yeah and all of that training and all those self-disciplines are the practice to punch through it yeah yeah it's training for the game yep so god bless everybody as we head into holy week we pray for a wonderful easter for y'all
1: yeah and uh you know I, we would encourage you to like and what we're going to try to figure out how to do is and i hope everybody's doing this too but it's going to be kind of a weird easter yeah to not be able to go to mass yeah but uh do something at home, make it still special because yeah. what's cool is you know Jesus will be there just as much even though we'll all be missing i'll all specifically be although we'll watch it on on TV probably but my favorite part of Easter Mass is always the gloria when it comes back, oh really yeah it's like i'm it's weird I miss it and and maybe other people like notice too, but I guess because I've done so much like playing in the liturgy mm-hmm. and whatever like I, I like intellectually know it's not there. Mm-hmm. And i also kind of miss it even though i don't particularly like love the music itself but it's like it's it's very like exuberant Mm -hmm. and there's like it feels you know Lenten mass is very spartan and so it feels very like just plain Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like the very first like really exciting thing that comes back is like boom the gloria it's like it's back Mm -hmm. it's back i always love when they play like the big one too with like the bells and like the organ and it's like boom it's back
0: that's awesome
1: i think that's how the angels did it organ pipe organ bells yeah You're making the face like wrap it up. I'm seeing I'm seeing the wrap it up.
0: All
1: right. So eleven oh seven, that's a wrap.